text from James 5, verses 13 through 18. Are any of you sick, suffering hardship? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are any of you in the name of the Lord? Oh, no. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Elijah was as human as we are, and yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain, and the earth began to yield its crops. This is the word of God. You may be seated. Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, please join me in prayer as we uh, turn to the word of God for our sermon. Lord God, we pray for your spirit to fill this room right now, to, spill, to fill our hearts, Lord God. I pray that you would uh, speak your words, Lord, and help us to be changed by that. God, we thank you for this church this morning. We thank you for our brother David Arruda, who came and served uh, in the music ministry this morning, God, and so many others who uh, take their time to serve you in our church, God. I pray you would bless them. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. All right. I'm very excited to be here this morning and to share from God's word with you guys. Um, and I want to ask you a question. Do you remember your first love? Do you remember the first person that you were dating. You see, I like to help out with our teen ministry, and uh, some of our teens are here this morning. And let me tell you, if there's one thing that teens know about relationships, right? Now, they have this down, okay? Now, you might think that I'm being sarcastic because some of us look back on our early relationships and we think about, man, I didn't know anything, right? <laughs> um, but... There is one thing that they get a lot better than some of us, and we're going to see that in a minute, okay? Um, do you remember what it felt like to be in a new relationship, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put one of our teens on the spot, and she's going to be a little upset with me, but Jade, um, Jade, you're dating Colin, is that right? <laughs> just, just know that this is a lot less embarrassing than what I was initially going to do. So, um, so how long have you been dating, Colin? Okay, you've been dating for about nine months. Did you talk to Colin yesterday? Well, you know, talk, message, whatever. Uh, how about the day before that? And the day before that? Okay. Since you've been dating, what do you think is like the longest amount of time that you've gone without talking to one another? A few hours. That's excellent. Thank you. That's exactly what I was looking for. Thank you, Jade. Thank you so much. You see, what our teens know better than us is that relationships 
require communication, right? You have to talk to one another. So many people, if you ask someone, a marriage counselor, what's the most important thing in marriage? They'll say what? Communication, right? Talk to one another. Well, it's not just in our romantic relationships that that's true. It's also true in our relationship with God. Just like any other relationship, a relationship with God requires communication. And the primary form of communication with God is through prayer. Uh, Last week, Pastor Joe kicked off our series on the core values of Refuge Church. And let's see if this works. It worked. Excellent. Um, I've had had some tech issues this morning, so I'm really happy that that worked. Um, So last week, we kicked off our series on the core values of Refuge Church, and we're going to talk about five of them. And last week, Joe talked about the essential gospel, and he gave a great message talking about um, the good news of Jesus Christ. This week, we're going to look at earnest prayer, and we'll talk a little bit more about that in a few minutes. Uh, And then we'll look at sincere connection, authentic relationship, and compassionate mission. These are the values that we're moving forward with as Refuge Church. This is what we want to focus on during our decision-making, our planning, our everyday life. We believe that this is what God will use to shape our church. Now, we're not choosing to make these things important. These things are important, right? And we're acknowledging that. There are many other things that are valuable and good and necessary and things that we'll uh, certainly uh, try to practice. But we've decided that this is what we want to be known for. This is When people think about Refuge Church, we want them to say, this is what they are. And today we're talking about the second topic on that list, earnest prayer. Now, we wrote up some short explanations for these, and I'm going to read the one uh, for earnest prayer right now. It says that we value prayer as a pure and honest endeavor of the heart for every Christian. Prayer provides both wisdom in life and union with God as it's informed by God's word. We value private and community prayer so that every member of our church would esteem prayer highly and practice it daily. Prayer is necessary in all our relationships, in our union with God, and it's central to leading others to life in Christ. Consequently, we're committed to these three things. Prayer for the primary purpose of intimacy with God, prayer for the corporate renewal of God's people, and prayer for the redemption of God's world. Now, we're going to talk about those three things a little bit more in depth in a few minutes. But today, in regards to earnest prayer... We're going to answer two questions. What is it and why is it important? What is it and why is it important? So the first thing we'll start out with is what is it? So there's a few things here that that I'm going to talk about that are characteristics of earnest prayer. And the first one is simple. Now I wanted to start here because I feel like prayer can be a daunting idea for some people, right? Maybe you're worried you might not say the right thing or you don't know just how to say it. God wants to have a conversation with you. The God of the universe wants to have a conversation with you. And that's what prayer is. It's a conversation with God. But also, God wants to have a conversation with you. He wants to talk to you. He knows you, right? Better than you know yourself. Okay? Quite honestly, 
you don't have to come up with fancy words or have deep theological tangents, right? Maybe you've heard the Lord's Prayer before. A lot of people have recited it along the way, and sometimes I think people hear this prayer and they think, oh, I have to use uh, these, these big words, these these and thous and thy, and, um, and I have to know all this stuff before I can know how to pray right. Well, right before, when, when Jesus gave the Lord's Prayer, his disciples had asked him, how do we pray? And, and that's what he told them. He said, this is how you pray. And right before that, he said this. When you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Don't be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. It doesn't have to be complicated. Prayer doesn't have to be complicated. Just talk with God. Sometimes you might not even know what to say. And you know what? The Bible guarantees it. Listen to this in Romans chapter 8 verses 26 and 27. It says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. We're not going to know how to pray the right prayer. We'll never be able to come up with the right words to say to God. And he tells us, he says, the Holy Spirit has that covered. You don't have to worry about that. So does that mean that, well, then we don't have to pray? No, that's not what it means, right? We're told over and over again to pray. It just means you don't have to feel the pressure of having to say the right thing. The Holy Spirit has that covered. All we have to do is talk to him, right? There doesn't need to be... um, this great gravitas in our words. We can just come to him and talk to him. Listen to how David prays sometimes in the Psalms. Lord, how long, how long will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? And my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? Oh, my God, I cry day by day, but you do not answer. And by night, I find no rest. David was bold and honest in his prayer. He didn't stay in those places throughout the whole psalm. Normally, he'll start there, and by the end, he says, but I know you're holy. Right? But he was honest about what he felt. He asked God, what's going on? He was telling God what he was thinking and how he was feeling. You just need to talk to God. Ask him how he's doing. Tell him how you're doing. Just have a conversation with him. Keep it simple. Maybe you've read a Bible verse that's really stuck out to you. Pray it. Say those words. Don't let prayer be daunting to you. Keep it simple. Okay? So what is earnest prayer, it's simple, and then it's also focused. In 1 Thessalonians 5, Paul says to pray without ceasing. Well, if we're to do this, if we're to pray all the time, then some of our prayers are going to be kind of quick ones while some other stuff is going on, right? Maybe we're we're saying grace before we eat, or maybe uh, somebody asked us to pray for them, and we want to do it right now so we don't forget later. (laughs) I don't know if any of you have ever done that before. Um, 
Sometimes they need to be in the middle of other things, and, and, and that's okay. But that can't be the entirety of our prayer life. That can't be the only way we pray. If there's never a time of focused, nothing else going on conversation with God, then your relationship with him will suffer greatly. And believe me, I speak from experience. Earnest prayer requires attention. I have a niece, Abigail, um, and I love this story. It was from probably when she was about four or five years old, and she was telling me some story. Um, I don't remember what it was right now, but she was, was talking and telling me the story. And I don't know if you guys have ever done this, but sometimes with, with little kids, when they're telling a story, I kind of drift off a little, and I don't have 100% of my focus on what, what they're saying. Um, and that's what happened here. And I realized all of a sudden she just stopped talking and went to do something else. And I thought to myself, this little four-year-old girl picked up on the fact that I was not paying attention to her. And she said she didn't need all the attention. It wasn't, it wasn't that. It was just, if you're not paying attention, I'm not going to waste my breath. I'm not going to waste my time. And ever since then, I have given her my attention when she speaks. Right? I don't let these other things distract me because I know, hey, she's aware of this. She knows what's going on. Right? Sometimes our prayers are quick and, and they're in the middle of other situations, but they, and they don't always have to be on our knees in silent reverence. But sometimes they need to be on our knees in silent reverence. Right? We need to stop everything and pay attention to our God. And at the beginning when, we, when I read the, uh, the little write-up that we have about this, we said that we desire to practice it daily. This is what we're talking about, an attentive, focused time with God. It doesn't have to be an hour. You don't have to be on your knees. You don't have to have candles lit, but it can be all of those things. But it needs to be attentive and focused on God. I struggle with this sometimes, but it changes your life. This is where you find the wisdom and the union with God that we said earlier. You see, we can't just lift a grocery list to God. Earnest prayer is a pure and honest endeavor. It's more than just telling God what we need and what we want. It's spending time with him and listening to him. So earnest prayer is simple, it's focused, and it's faithful. There's a story in Mark chapter 10 about a guy named Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus was blind, and he was a beggar sitting by the side of the road. And Jesus was walking by, and when he heard that Jesus was walking by, he started yelling out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Over and over he called. And Jesus stopped, and he called for Bartimaeus. He said, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. Bartimaeus' prayer isn't what healed him. It was his faith, right? But his prayer was the natural outpouring of his faith. He would not have asked Jesus to heal him if he didn't believe that Jesus could do it, right? 
If I was walking down the street, Bartimaeus would not have called out, Mark, can you heal me? I'm blind. Can you heal me? No, he, he wouldn't have, right? But he believed that Jesus could do it. Prayer is the natural outpouring of our faith. I'm not going to ask someone for something if I don't believe that they're capable and that they can do it. That they, um, if I don't believe that they can give it to me. I have a young daughter right now, but sooner than I, I like to think about, she's going to be a teenage girl. Now, when that comes along, who am I going to reach out to for help? I'm going to talk to guys like Mike Aslan, like Victor Fernandez, like Joe Marin, like Bill Henricks, these guys that I trust and that have raised teenage girls, right? It's people that I trust and that they're capable when Elijah prayed, as Tracy read this morning in James 5, he prayed for God to stop the rain. Now, maybe some of us, even if we wouldn't say it, we might think this is a crazy prayer, right? But Elijah had crazy faith. The verse even says that he was human, just like us. Yet he believed that God would stop the rain, and he did. For three and a half years, he stopped the rain. That's crazy. It's crazy what God can do. And it was the prayer of Elijah that spurned this. When we pray to God with requests, we're saying, God, I trust your answer to this, and I believe that you're capable to do it. Now, on the flip side, when we don't pray to God with our requests, we're saying, God, I got this. I can handle it, and I don't really trust what you're going to do. That's why prayer is so important, because it shifts the focus from us to God. And this is true not only in our personal lives, but in the life of Refuge Church. In James 1, James says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no, doubt, with no doubting. Excuse me. And it finishes up later by saying, If you don't have faith, there's no point in asking. Why are you even asking? You're not going to get it. Our prayers need to be full of faith. So what is earnest prayer? It's simple, it's focused, and it's faithful. All right, well, if that's what it is, why do we think it's important? All right. Well, the first reason that we talked about before was intimacy with God. In John 17.3, it says, And this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you've sent. You see, the gospel, like Joe talked about last week, the gospel says that we receive eternal life through repentance and faith. We turn away from sin and towards Jesus, believing in his work on the cross that he paid for our sins. Right? That's how we get eternal life. John 17, 3 tells us what eternal life is. It's that you know God and his son Jesus. It's that you know him. Maybe you've heard somebody say that you need to have a relationship with Jesus. That's kind of like a, a Christian buzzword, that you need a relationship with Jesus. And it's true. But relationships require communication, like we talked about before. And you know this from your own life. Prayer is essential for intimacy with God. 
the world might tell you that you can be intimate with somebody by swiping a certain direction on an app, right? But intimacy is more than physical acts. Intimacy is knowing one another deeply. It's familiarity. It's belonging. It's inseparability. And the way we become intimate with God is through prayer. We need to spend time with him to become intimate with him. Prayer is the basis for that relationship. In Romans 8:14, Paul says, "As many as have cried the spirit, or excuse me, as many as have received the spirit of God are called the children of God, and they can cry out Abba, Father." That's like calling God dad or daddy or papa. I like I love when Mike Sakuro does that when he's up here. He, he's praying and he calls out papa. Right? It's beautiful. It's such a beautiful idea. Intimacy, right? The parent-child relationship is so intimate. I can guarantee you there's not a part of Daisy that I haven't cleaned, right? (laughs) We have been very intimate along the way here. But not only that, we know each other. She knows me. She's already starting to learn me. She's seen me react poorly in situations, right? This parent-child relationship is intimate. To be able to call daddy, we get to call God daddy. That's how intimate he wants us to be with him. But maybe you've had a difficult relationship with your father, and you know that a name does not mean intimacy, right? It's time. It's time together with one another. That's what an earnest life of prayer does. It brings you close to him. You laugh with him, experience joy you've never felt with anyone else. You cry, you open yourself up to him, you let him see you, even though he already knows you. You know, if I read a new biography, there's a new biography that I want to read about Congressman John Lewis, who was a uh, a civil rights activist, and he uh, passed away recently. I can learn a lot about him by reading a biography or an autobiography even. But that doesn't mean I know him. I'm not in a relationship with him. Right? The same is true for God. I could read the Bible cover to cover. I could learn a lot about him. That doesn't mean that I know him. That doesn't mean I'm in a relationship with him. We should read the Bible and we should learn about him. But without prayer, we won't have that relationship, a personal, one-on-one relationship. And when our intimacy is broken, it can have similar effects as when intimacy is broken in a marriage. And I'm not only saying physical intimacy, but also emotional intimacy. When that intimacy is broken in a marriage, what what happens? So often, so often it opens the door for temptations outside the marriage. The same is true with our relationship with Jesus. When our intimacy with God is broken, it opens the door for us to believe the temptations and the lies of the devil, right? It opens the door for us to want to seek other things. So why is prayer important? important? Because without it, you don't have intimacy with God. And another reason why prayer is important, it's the corporate renewal of God's people. Listen to Matthew 18, 19 to 20. Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. 
For where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I among them. There's something special about praying with others. Jesus' presence comes in a special way. He's excited about it. I imagine it's, uh, it's like if you're a parent and you have uh, you know, multiple kids and, and they start working together to, to accomplish a goal. And you see them enjoying one another and agreeing and, and working in lockstep. That must be so, um, so encouraging and you love to watch that in your children, right? Well, I imagine that God is like that. He must love watching us work together for his purposes. He must love that. It's family time. Sometimes we refer to the church as our church family, right? And he must be so excited to see that. Corporate renewal of God's people. In 2 Chronicles 7.14, we see this promise. And it's um, election season, so you've probably heard this verse (laughs) recently. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. God promises forgiveness of sin and provisions. This is renewal. He makes us new again. Not just in salvation when he makes us new in that way, but just day to day. His mercies, his blessings are new every day, each morning. What more can we ask for? He says, I'll give you what you need. I will renew you. Listen to Matthew 7, verses 7 to 11. It says, ask and it'll be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and it'll be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks him for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who's in heaven, give good things to those who ask him? He wants to give you good things, right? This is what he's saying. Of course I'm going to do that. Wisdom, union. Uh, with God and others, renewal. So many wonder thi- wonderful things are available to us if we would simply ask in prayer. And this is so important for us as a church because we're a team, right? Uh, recently, uh, Tammy led a small group um, that some of you went to with uh, uh, about how to pray. Uh, and it was from Pete Gregg. And, and through his vid- video series, he was talking about Prayers of intercession, praying on the behalf of others. One thing he said was that we need to get in sync with one another. Personally and collectively, we want to have union with God, but additionally, we want to be unified with one another. And praying together is a great way to do this. This is an area that Refuge Church has been really good at at times, and at times we've struggled with it. Um, And it starts with us as leaders. And the great thing about sharing these values with, these, with you guys is that we can be held accountable in this way as well. We can hold one another accountable, but you guys can hold us accountable too. If we tell you that prayer is important and then we never pray, you should ask about that, <laughs> right? Our unity is pointless if it's not based on God's vision and values. And collectively praying will always lead us back to him and what he wants, Right? So we can have all these values that we talked about, but if we're not going to God and seeking him, if we're not praying together and individually, then we're just going to go whatever way we want. 
It'll just be what we want. So why is prayer important? Intimacy with God, the corporate renewal of God's people, and also the redemption of God's world. Listen to what Paul says in his letters to the Colossians and the Ephesians. In Colossians 4, he says, At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ. And in Ephesians 6, Paul says, Making supplication or praying for all the saints and also for me that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Over and over again, Paul asks these people, pray for me that I'll have opportunities to share the gospel. Pray that I'll have the right words. In Acts, they pray and they're filled with the Spirit and they continue speaking the gospel. Now, why is this? Well, there's something supernatural that happens when someone becomes a follower of Jesus. It's not going to be through the power of my words. It's not going to be through the power of your words. It'll be through the power of the Holy Spirit. He'll take what's dead and make it alive. We won't. So, of course we need to pray. Of course we're asking God that he'll do something because we can't do this. Speaking the word of God requires boldness. And we need people to pray for that. We need to pray for God to present us with an opportunity and prepare us to share the gospel. Last week, Joe's title to his sermon was, This Changes Everything. That's how important it is. This changes everything. The gospel changes everything. It's also one of the most important things that we do together as a church. Does your prayer life reflect that? Does the prayer life of our church reflect that? These are questions that we need to be asking ourselves. And not only do we pray for God to prepare us and the opportunity for sharing the gospel, but we also pray for those who we'll share the gospel with. Listen to 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 4. It says, First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. It's pleasing to God for us to pray for everyone because he wants us all to be saved. In Romans 10.1, it says, Paul, and Paul is talking about the Israelites here, and he says, it's my heart's desire and prayer to God that they may be saved. If we want to effectively share the gospel, the good news that Jesus died on the cross for our sins and offers us eternal life through a relationship with him, then we need the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen to this quote from David uh, Legay. Maybe you think I'm being a little harsh here. I think a great deal of what we do in Christendom or Christianity, particularly the evangelical conservative wing, in our programs, our projects, and even in our evangelism, is not being directed and fueled by the Holy Spirit. And listen to this. Because we don't have time to wait on the Holy Spirit. We're too busy doing God's work. We don't have time to wait on the Holy Spirit because we're too busy doing God's work. Oh, man, it's like a knife to the heart, right? 
This is the crux of the matter. We value earnest prayer at Refuge Church, both personally and collectively, because without it, we're flying blind. We aren't being led by the Holy Spirit. We're being led by our thoughts, by our whims, by our passions. And this is convicting to me because, if I'm honest with you, I do this more than I care to admit. As we saw this morning, the Bible confirms that this type of prayer is important. And we can mentally agree with this, but unless it changes our lives and, uh, and we practice it, then it isn't truly important to us. So this is a challenge to us all to make this important in our everyday life. We can do that by making a date with God. That's what I started doing. When I was working through this sermon, I chose this topic because I know it's an area that I struggle with. And I said, God, you got to beat me up a little. We need to spend some time together. <laughs> and throughout this process, uh, he revealed to me, hey, uh, you need to put me in your calendar. You need to make a date with me. You need to say, at this time, it's just me and you. And that's it. So I put it in my phone, and now I get a reminder to tell me. Um, you know, it's silly, but it's a thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, set aside time for just him and no one else. Also, make time to pray together with your church. We usually have a prayer night on the last Wednesday of the month, and maybe that might not work out for you for whatever reason. But maybe you could call one or two friends from our church and ask them to have a time of prayer with you. Right, wherever one or two or two or three, or excuse me, are gathered in my name, well, let's take that promise. Jesus will be there with us. One of the verses that Tracy read earlier says, "The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results." We want our church to be used by God as a powerful agent of change, and that'll only happen if we're praying earnestly. Join me in prayer. <laughs> God, we love you. We love you that you even made prayer, that you let us talk to you, God. We don't deserve it, and like we talked about before, I mean, we don't know the right words to say. But we thank you for the Holy Spirit who covers for us. God, so we come to you humbly and ask, Lord, Change our lives. Change our prayer lives. Help us to lead one another, to spend time with one another in prayer, God. We love you. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Why don't we um, rise?